One of my prayers for this church family, you guys, is that we really get more and more comfortable loving on God. I don't know if that even sounds good to you when I tell you to like go and love on the Lord. But man, I've just learned, especially in the, I think the last like 10 years of my spiritual journey. So through my 20s and now till my, now I'm 31. Ugh. But I've, I've learned like, man, loving on God is so awesome. And one of my prayers for this family is that we would be a, a church family marked by I love you too. You can go to any church, and this is a, this is a good thing, you can go to any church and learn, hey, God loves you, because he does, beyond your comprehension or understanding, he loves you. And so every week, I hope that you know that here, I hope that you hear me saying, like, hey, God seriously loves you more than you even think. Even if you have a really sound theology in God's love, it's even more than you think. But I also, I'm asking that God would reveal to you the gift that it is to in your heart of hearts know you love God back. I feel like the month of January, like last month, God was literally teaching me, hey, you love me back and you need to be really confident in that. You don't have to start your prayers with I'm sorry and I'm, I'm, are we good? We doing okay again? You know, you're perfect, I'm not. Like, what's up? How is this? Um, like, no, you love me. You've got sin, you've got an ego, you've got things you've got to work through. I'm going to help you grow the rest of your life, but you need to understand how much you actually love me. And he took me back to when I was like 11 years old, and I would pray at my bedside and just be like, God, am I saved? Are we good? I love you. I'm, I'm trying not to mess this up. Like 11-year-old me. I picture 11-year-olds now. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was praying at 11? Incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't know little kids like that could pray. Yeah, they can. I did. Uh, but he, he took me back and he was like, dude, the Christian walk is not just you making sure you're not sinning in life. And it's not just making sure that you're like, like uh, uh, saying you're sorry and clearing your conscience. Like, man, be proud of some of the things that have been established in your soul. Be proud of that. That's a big deal. If you love God, that rocks. Half the story is he loves you. The other half is we love him back. That's probably not the right ratio. It's like 90% him maybe. I don't know. I haven't studied it. Don't think statistics are in the Bible like that. <laughs> James 1, 90% is, no. Um, all right, let's stop. Let's stop. Um, open your Bibles to John, uh, please. Stop. <laughs> stop listening to me. Let's start listening to the Bible. Um, all right. Zoom in on notes, vision, blurry. Um, all right, so if you don't know this, our church has been in an annual season of a month of prayer and fasting. We call it Awaken. This is the last day. I'll be darned. It already, it's already over. A whole month has went by. It's crazy. Um, and so, yeah, this, this whole month we've just been praying and, and fasting as a church. And so I wanna, I wanna spend some time kind of recapping where we've been, and then I wanna talk about kind of where we're headed um, and how we can sort of take this season with us. And so if you're, if you're new to Ethos like today, first, my name's Joshua. This is one of our three campuses. Um, welcome, so glad you're here. And I, I used to say this like every week, and I don't think I've said it in a while, but one thing I hope you know is that wherever you're at on your spiritual journey, or whether or not you believe a spiritual journey is even a real thing, 
Um, we, we hope you feel really welcome here and it's all, it's all good. I hope you're comfortable here and there's no pressure to be anyone else but who you are and where you're at. And if you don't believe in God at all and want to talk philosophy, I really enjoy that kind of stuff. So come talk to me afterward. Um, it's always fun. So anyway, all right. Where we've been. So we've been, we've been basically for the past four weeks, this week included, it's been this, this prayer of awaken us. Um, and so week one, that, that was the sermon title, just awaken us. And we talked about um, as Christian people, in light of Christ coming back, that he's going to actually return in the physical and establish his kingdom of heaven forever not chill, um, that Christians should suffocate sin, like suffocate room for sin to grow in their life, and then also put on the armor of light. That was Romans 13, 11 through 14, and just put on the identity of, of Jesus. And then the next week, we talked about God awaken us to hear, give us ears to hear you. And then the week after that, last week, awaken us to see, talked about Zacchaeus and talked about what it looks like to have eyes that see like Jesus. Um, and this week is going to be awaken us to abide. Awaken us to abide. And so um, as we exit this annual season, um, the goal for today is really just to help us carry the heart of awaken with us. Um, So we don't fast so God will make our wishes come true um, or to earn God's grace or to prevent God's anger. Um, We really fast just to enter into a season of extra intentional abiding, um, being with God, being in God's presence. We want to be aware of, in busy lives, we want to be able to like really slow down and, and pay attention to where God's intimate presence is in us and, and around us. And so fasting is really just kind of ramping up the intensity and the intentionality of being aware of God's presence in our life. And so, you know, you Sick. It's kind of a cool sound effect for a sermon. Helicopter. All right. Um, so when we fast, we just we tell our commonplace habits. We put them on hold. So if it's eating, if it's social media, if it's phone, if it's reading, whatever it is, these things that we do really often, we set them aside in order just to communicate to ourselves, hey, God, you are more important than food. And I'm going to show that in the physical reality. I'm going to skip lunch, or I'm going to fast for 24, 48 hours, 72 hours, whatever, just to remind my soul and my physical body who has dominion. You have the most dominion over my life. That's, that's all the fasting season really is. Um, and so this week's focus is just going, how do we keep that spirit? We're going to resume eating. We might resume social media. We might resume some of the habits that we set aside for the month. But as we do that, how do we continue to walk with the spirit of awaken? This like, man, God, your presence is with us, and we want to pay attention to that. And so this word abiding is, by the way, did I tell you what I was teaching on? Yeah, you did the abiding song. Won't he do it? Um, Anyway, uh, so we're going to be in... (laughs) Sorry, hold on. All right, John 15. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And we're not gonna spend a ton of time in this scripture. Um, We're actually gonna get something really practical. And so um, for those that really know this passage and all the beauty of it, I'm sorry for not getting into the intricacies of it. It's a stunning passage. But anyway, verse seven, John 15, Jesus says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, 
Side note, that's a whole lot. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Awesome. Abide in my love. Dwell in my love. Be in my love. Remember my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy, that's a lot of joy, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be, may be full. And so out of that, just, just know Jesus is, is asking you to, to remain close to him, to abide in him, and that he will take care of the results of it all. So know that we're prone to get it backwards. We, we, we're prone to think about the fruit, to think about the feelings that should follow being close to Jesus. Jesus is saying, I'm gonna take care of that. Just stick close to me. Uh, your joy will be full, I promise you, but I'm gonna make that happen, not you. Okay, um, all right. John 16, 13 through 15, Jesus makes a really important promise that the Holy Spirit is going to come. So the Spirit of God um, is, is promised to his people as soon as Jesus leaves. And so, leaves in the physical. So verse 13, chapter 16. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he won't speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the spirit of God is promised to his disciples. And so that's a really important thing to remember. This is really pivotal in the gospel story is that when Jesus ascended, uh, his Holy Spirit descended. And if you want a more specific story on when that happened, go to Acts chapter one and two and just watch what happens when people waited on the spirit to fall. Um, But anyway, so the beginning of scripture, the middle of scripture, the end of scripture, really it all testifies of God longing to be with his people, to be really close. So the Genesis story, Jesus, God in the flesh coming to earth, the Revelation story, God will dwell with his people. And everything in between is really just God wants to dwell with his people in daily life. And I think it's so easy in the Christian faith. I don't know what it is, if it's just like Western culture, big picture, maybe it's this church, I don't know. But for several reasons, maybe, I think we can underestimate how easy and how awesome it is to access the spirit of God. He's calling, get it, because the phone rang. Did anyone hear the phone ring? He's calling. (laughs) Um, Hello, listening. Thanks. Um, all right. But, but I really, I, I hope today that you leave knowing that God is, is close, that his presence is with you, and that you really can walk in his presence, and that it doesn't have to be, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be this, oh, I'm focused, God. All right. I'm going to read, like, I'm really, really, really paying attention Psalm 1, where, where was I at? Shoot, God, help me, you know? And I think it can feel like this, like I've gotta be a really intense person to be in God's presence. But I hope you know that um, as you walk to class, as, as you hold your crying child, as, as you hang with your friends on a Friday night, like God's there. And, and as you sit at your table and, and really focus on the scripture or whatever you do for a quiet time, he's also there, but he's not unequally in one of the places. He's equally always around you. And I really wanna tap into that today, all right? And so today is gonna be simple. 
Um, I'm going to really ask a lot of participation out of you. So the onus will be on you as the participant. So right now, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, so please hear me. Um, take notes or pull out a phone or a pen or however you process information. I'm going to ask you to think about your life. So I might have some examples from my life, but really I'm just going to talk to you about your life and then how God might want to be involved there. So if you don't lean in and, and participate with this conversation, you're about to be bored and ain't my fault. All right. So I want to talk about some common spaces and some common relationships in your life. So in a few minutes, I'm going to have you really start picturing where you spend the most of your time and who you spend a lot of your time with. Um, but for each category that I walk through, uh, I'm going to have um, four steps to think about in each category, okay? Um, and all of it is in hopes to increase your awareness of God's presence. And if at any point you start to feel overwhelmed or it starts to feel like this like yoke of like trying really hard, tune me out, take a breath, remember who God is and how he views you, like chill out, it's all good. His burden is light. So if at any, any point you start getting overwhelmed, you can ignore the rest of what I'm saying and just talk to God for a little bit. Because the point of this is not to go, hey, in every single category of your life, make sure you're dominating. You know, like that's not what I'm trying to give you right now. I'm trying to let you know that the spirit that is in you, just as in you as the breath in your lungs, is well, is in you. All right. Okay, here we go. Four steps. So for each category of your life, I want to talk through, uh, first, just awareness. Um, being aware, uh, being aware of God's presence. I, I really think a lot of our spiritual lives would change drastically without trying a whole lot other than going, God, you're here. And literally just practicing that mental exercise of just telling the Lord that he's here. Like literally in your car, on your way, or in your kitchen, making over easy eggs. That's how I eat them. Like, God, you're here. That's, that's how it is. And in about a minute, I'm going to forget that, but it won't change the fact. You're going to be here. When I know you're here, you're here. When I don't know you're here, you're here. That's cool. That's dope. All right, you're here. All right, so that's awareness. Um, the second is just hospitality. And that's not only, God, are you here, but that's, God, you're welcome here. Right? There's, a, there's a difference between a friend being in your home and a friend feeling at home in your home. That's two different things. If you've ever been to an awkward party where the host just didn't quite know how to host yet, and everyone's standing awkwardly, and the stiffness is just awful. I mean, you feel weird even taking a sip. Like, everyone that takes a sip is taking an awkward sip, <laughs> you know? Like, you don't want it to feel like that. Like, do you want, when your friend comes to your dorm or your apartment or your house, like, do you want them to wonder if they can move about freely? If, you're, if you like hospitality, you don't want them to feel that way. You don't want them wondering if they're allowed to use the restroom or take their shoes off or grab a glass of water. Like that's a really stiff way to make them feel, right? You want them to be like, hey, make yourself at home. Like mikasa sukasa, right? Like treat this like your spot. That's what I love doing. I love helping people feel like, dude, do whatever you want. Don't put your shoes on the table. You know what I'm saying? There's limits. <laughs> Gotta take care of the furniture. Um, anyway. But, uh, but I think with God, wherever you are going, God, not only are you here, but seriously, you're welcome here. Move freely. And obviously you're God, so you don't have to ask my permission to do anything. 
But it does seem clear in the gospel story, Jesus actually wants our heart to be warm to him. He says, I I stand at the door and I knock. I'm I'm wanting you to answer. And so he actually responds to our hospitality only out of his grace and kindness because he could just, you know, knock down the door, burn the house, whatever he wants. But he chooses out of his kindness to go, I want to be welcomed here. And so going, God, not only are you here, but you are actually welcome. Move freely, however you want. Third, gratitude. I think in our normal spaces, in our normal, you guys hear me talk about gratitude a lot, but this is just a really helpful first elementary step. Wherever your spaces are, you know, last week we talked about having eyes to see, being where your feet are. So in your normal spaces and and, and relationships going, oh Lord, I'm going to choose to be right here. And I'm just going to, you ever played the game as a kid? Like I spy with my little eye, you know, like look at something and then figure out why you're thankful for it. That's a great place to start. Um, and, and obviously none of these steps are mandatory, but I've just found this is helpful. So as you're talking to someone, like internally, God, thank you for this person. I love this person. Thank you. Here's why I'm thankful. Or in your car, God, my AC doesn't work. I don't have Apple CarPlay, but my steering wheel's doing great today. Thank you. Seriously, because if it didn't, I'd drive off the road. So that's great that it can turn when I tell it to, you know? And so anyway, find ways to be thankful. And then fourth, lastly, discernment which is basically just, hey, and also I'm listening. Last week we talked a lot about agenda, whose agenda is ruling your life. And this is a place where we go, hey God, just like my, my agenda will easily take second, second place, backseat to your agenda. I'm just listening for you. Maybe a question you could add to that is, is there anything you want me to hear, say, or do? And this should carry a light and free vibe. Not like a crazy person, like, God, I need you to tell me what to do next. Like, at every second, I need you to tell me exactly what to do. Because in my experience, it doesn't really work that way. It's more of a posture. It's more of a place of just going, God, if there is anything prompting, if there's anything that you want to do, I just want to be the, the person that's open to it. So I'm listening. And if I'm just going to keep washing dishes, that's what I'm just going to keep doing, and it's all good. But at any point, if you want to speak a word of identity to me, or to someone else, an encouragement to me, or to someone else, or you want me to go and serve someone, or, or say something kind, what, I don't know. The point is, I'm open. So I'm listening to you, okay? I'm focused, I'm listening. All right, final notes before walking through these categories. Um, well, I've already said this. It's intended to be life-giving. I've really named this, right? You guys understand this is a life-giving thing, not a, not a legalism thing. Okay, I have a whole portion, but you, you get it. All right, cool. All right, so here we go. We're about to merge those four steps with six spaces and relationships in your life. And this is where I really, it's, it's time. Can you nod your head if you hear me saying it's time to participate? So this is where you need to feel free to do anything you want to participate with what's coming. So write it down, close your eyes and meditate, whatever, all right? Like, ready, here we go. So we're gonna think about a few different areas. I'm gonna quietly walk through them. I'm gonna pause sometimes, because I'm trusting as you participate that sometimes you need me to be quiet for you to like finish a thought in your brain that you're having. All right, first place, home, all right? So I want you to just picture where you live. So if this is a dorm, an apartment, a house, if you've got roommates, a roommate, 
if you've got a spouse, if you've got kids, picture your, your, your home, where you live. My brain typically needs to get a little even smaller than that, so I, I would say if you've got a brain like mine, maybe pick a room or two to focus on. If you're big, rich, and got like four stories and 17 rooms, definitely do that. Pick one or two. <laughs> or if you're in a dorm, just pick the only room you have. <laughs> Either way. Um, yeah, but picture where you spend the most of your time or where you go to bed. And maybe start with a, a simple question of, Father, do, do I give you my attention in this space? And so literally, I want you to picture yourself at home and then just kind of ask, do I give you a lot of my attention here? Do you get a lot of my thought time? How often do I just say, hey, God, I I acknowledge that you're here. I'm not even saying you have like a quiet time there. I'm just saying that you acknowledge him. Maybe a good question to ask too would be, what are my most normal thoughts in this place? What am I usually doing? What am I usually thinking about? And just examine that because this is not a pass or fail thing. I'm not asking, are your thoughts normally Christian or secular? I'm not asking that. <laughs> I'm just asking, hey, what's, what's, your, what's your normal rhythm and routine and your thought process like? And as you think about that, just, Lord, is there anything that you want to show me? about this place, this space, or my habits here? Are there ways that that might lead to more health, more peace? Maybe it's directly spiritual and, and time with God. Maybe it's just cutting out some habits that aren't helping you, but be open to that. Maybe it's a simple prayer of, God, I just, I want to be close to you in this place. Maybe identify if you podcast or social media a little too hard in these spaces, or maybe you put on worry or anxiety a little too much in these spaces and go, God, I need, I need your help. <laughs> like, I'm addicted or I'm anxious and it's, it is not chill. What can I do? Do I need to reach out to a friend? Is there just a habit I can change? Do I need to go seek help, counseling? Like, whatever comes up. But now just kind of remember in our categories, what might it look like to, and this is where you need to picture yourself. You need to like live this out in your home. What might it look like for you to acknowledge God's presence, to be aware I mean, picture yourself at the kitchen sink or getting in bed or sitting on the couch and and just go, what might you do to remind yourself, oh, God's here. God is actually like here right now. Lord, you're here. What might it look like to practice hospitality for the presence of God? God, you are welcome here. And if he feels off limits to you, if when you picture yourself in that space, he feels a little off limits, I think you should ask the question, why is that? Why does this not sound realistic? Picture yourself in your bedroom 
God, you're welcome here. If that doesn't sound good to you, that sounds weird. If he's allowed in any place but your bedroom, why is that? Just seek that out. And don't even stress fixing it. And don't, don't be condemned by it. Just like, why? How could you welcome him there? Gratitude, be thankful in that space. Think about how you could, could take on a spirit of gratitude in that common space when you get home. And then I, I really want to encourage this. Like if, you're a, if you believe in Jesus, if you've given your life to Christ, that fourth step is huge. That discernment step of I'm listening. And I really want to encourage you. Ask God to have his way in that space. God, anything you want to do there, I'm down. For those that know God well, he, this isn't like a, a guilt trip. It's good news when God has his way. <laughs> like you're not condemned when God has his way. It, it brings joy. It brings lightness. It brings, like, it makes me smile. It, God's presence in my living room or in my bedroom or wherever that space is in my house is really awesome news. I won't pretend like there's not times of confessing sin and repenting from stuff. Like, sure, that comes with it. But like, that's marked by the forgiveness of Christ. So even in my rebuking, even when I'm rebuked in the presence of God, I'm like, thank you, God, for healing me. This rocks. And I'm still hurting, but like, I'm pumped at the same time. So anyway, God, have your way here. Even if it's while I'm still watching The Office, have your way. I don't want that. To, I still want you to have your way as I watch TV. That's great. Keep watching. You don't have to like recite a psalm every time you're doing dishes. You know what I'm saying? You guys get that? Like we're just saying, God, you're welcome here and I want you to have your way. And I recognize you don't expect me to always be reading the Bible. That would be weird. I wouldn't have friends and you want me to have friends. You know, I wouldn't be kind to anyone if I was just reading my Bible the whole time. So let's just go ahead and get rid of that notion. Okay. All right. That's your home. Moving on. Number two. Your commute. However you get to class or work, however you run your errands, whether this is walking, taking the bus, doing the Uber Lyft vibes, got a car, whatever it is, but however you get from point A to point B, all right, Lord, as I'm going about my day, for me, this is the most mindless part of my life, getting from point A to point B. And I would suggest that this might actually be your biggest window. Bless you, baby. This might be your biggest window. My wife sneezed. Those places where they're typically neutral, nothing's really going on there, that could be an easy win for you to just remember the Lord and if you don't know the character of God, I'm just sorry for how annoying all this is going to sound to you. <laughs> but, but for those that, like, that, have, that know like, the goodness of God, it's awesome when I realize, oh, on my way, on my way to my sixth coffee meeting of the day, I can like listen for you. Oh, I can get there five minutes early and just sit in silence in my car and breathe deeply and sit in the presence of God. So think about your commute on your way to class. Like, what are you typically doing? Are your headphones in and, and you're listening to music trying to ignore any possible social interaction? Well, put your headphones in and don't play music and maybe just think about the Lord. Everyone will think you're listening, you know? I do that a lot. 
take people out. When I go on a prayer walk, headphones are in. I'm not listening to anything. <laughs> little Christian trick of the trade. Is that deceitful? Am I sinning? Nah, we're good. I think the Lord understands. Um, anyway, we'll dive into that later. Um, but anyway, on your way to things, on your way to the grocery store, as you're walking to class, just, I want you to picture that. Where do you, how do you travel? Do you know that God is with you as you travel? And literally right now, I know we're all looking at me and it's awkward, but right now I try to picture yourself traveling and picture a version of yourself that's like connecting with the spirit of God. Hey, you're here. Oh, wow. And you're also like, you're welcome here. I love you. I'd love for you to interrupt my day and give me a word. That's awesome. My day's stressing me out. (laughs) Please speak to me. (laughs) Would love it. I'm tired. Like, you're welcome here. Thank you, by the way, because as the day gets busier and I am either fake busy or I am busy, either way, my brain is exhausted. Gratitude really helps me remember and centers me. Thank you for this, this, and this. And also, is there anything you're wanting to speak? Anything you want me to hear? Anything you want me to say? Anything you want me to do? I'm just, I'm open. Y'all, this kind of practice will relieve stress in you. Like when it's done with the right posture, when you understand the character of God, this will, this will help chill you out. Psalm 23, lead you beside still waters. I'm telling you, these kinds of things, connecting with God in this kind of way, will remind you of the stillness of God amidst the chaos of your day. Helps slow you down. All right, number three, solitude. So this is just a place that you go for privacy, for quiet for reflection, a place that you can guarantee will be quiet. Now, first, if you don't have one of these spaces for spiritual or non-spiritual purposes, I would encourage you need a space that you know will be quiet, even if that's like Lila Library at Belmont, but you need a space that you know will be quiet because we are too noisy and we are finding more and more creative ways to fill our brains with noise and your brain needs to breathe. I kid you not, you need quiet. And this does not have to be extravagant, okay? If like you wanna drive 30 minutes to your favorite hiking spot with the best view of Nashville, which isn't that great compared to like Oregon, but it's good enough, you know? If that's what you wanna do, that's great. But also your car is quiet. The library is quiet. A closet is quiet. A lot of seasons in my life, my literal small closet, I can, I can get real bunched up. So I don't need a whole lot. I need. I don't know square footage, so I need need very little square feet to be in a space like this in a dark room, like praying. And so if you don't have a place of solitude, one, like step one, you need to find one. Do that for yourself and make it a habit to go there and be quiet more often. That's why we have 9 a.m. prayer to help you start practicing sit still in the presence of the Lord, like calm down, quiet down. Okay, so... Imagine yourself in that place of solitude. And I'm not actually gonna spend a lot of time here because these same steps apply. Um, But I will say, um, a place of solitude is a really great place to remember identity, to gain vision, and to reset. Those three things are really powerful when you're in a place of solitude. When you're sitting still, it's a great place to remember identity, and that's twofold. Who is God? Who are you? What's God like? How does he view you? To just reclaim the simplest stuff, like God is perfect, he's powerful, he's righteous, he's holy. He deserves my worship. He loves me. I'm his child. 
I am covered in his righteousness. Past, present, future sin abolished in the name of Jesus. I come before him a child free to express myself in his presence. He will lead me. Gives you vision. Who am I? Where am I headed? We so often live with only today and tomorrow in mind. And the future really only stresses us out. That's not vision. You're living a reactionary lifestyle, reacting to your circumstances every second of your life, and it's stressing you out. Ask God for vision. Who do you want me to become? Who do you want me to be as a 60-year-old, 70-year-old? And how do I take a very simple step today? Give me vision. And then also, it's a great place to reset. At any point in your life, you are ready to take on a bad habit or something that's just not going to help you long-term. I'm not even talking like sin. I'm just talking about like habits that keep you way too busy, way too distracted. It's a great place to go, hey, Lord, is there anything I need to like kind of just tweak in my regular habits right now? If you're like me, at least, I am so good at bad habits. That's not a joke. I'm amazing. Um, That last one was a joke and it wasn't funny. Um, All right. Number four, relationships. Now here I'm talking about marriages and dating. So if you're single and you desire someone, pray and think about how you want to welcome God into your future relationship. Having vision for something before it arrives is not the worst thing. Now, I'm not talking about vision like it's going to feel like this and this, and she's going to look like this, and he's going to be like this, and that's probably not great vision because you ain't got a clue what they're going to be like. But going, God, what do I hope my relationship is built on? That's good. Now, if you're the person that goes, "Um, I don't even need a relationship to be fulfilled, one, I 1,000% agree. No, you do not. You are complete in Christ. End of story. Um, But if you want to just tune this out, tune it out. But if you want to be in a relationship one day, picture it. But in your marriages... In your dating relationships, man, God should be at the center of those things. And I do mean like Bible reading and praying and worshiping, but I, most, I more mean in spirit. Is God in your relationship? And how can you acknowledge his presence in your relationship? Husbands and wives, as you parent, do you remember that God is really concerned and cares and is cheering for your marriage. Outside of your parenting together, he wants your marriage to flourish. He longs for humility, for encouragement, for speaking life to one another. He wants you praying for each other, for welcoming his spirit. Is he welcome? In your dating relationships, is God a part of that or is he kind of getting in the way of what you really want? (laughs) You know what I mean? You know what I mean. Is God welcome? I would really encourage, and I'm not talking like, again, I keep, I keep giving caveats. I'm gonna stop. So welcome God into your relationships. And if you don't know how, figure it out. Talk to some people, ask some questions, talk to me. I'd love to talk to you about when I did it well and when I didn't do it at all. I'll tell you about both. But is God welcome? As you're thinking about your future relationship, what do you want that to look like? If you're single and you, you really wanna date someone, what do you wanna look like and why? And is God, does he have a say in that? Man, if you want to look at what what Scripture says you should look for in someone to to spend your life with, it's typically very different than what culture would encourage. For the record, culture usually gets it literally upside down. It literally goes in the exact wrong order (laughs) according to Scripture. It's pretty funny. Anyway, all right. So in your relationships, God, you're here. And also, God, you are actually welcome here. And then thank you. Like, thank God for that person. 
both internally and out loud. I would encourage you to put your arm around your special person, your significant other, your special person, your significant other, and go like, thank you, Lord. Y'all, husbands, wives, I I keep being drawn to you guys. Put your hand on your spouse sometime this week, and you pray a prayer of thanksgiving for as long as you possibly can. Thank you, God, and here's my list. Physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. I'm gonna go through all the categories. Thank you. Love them. Here's why. I'm about to start crying. I'm thinking about my wife. It's such a sweet little thing to do. And I'm back. (laughs) Do that. Husbands and wives, I really encourage you. Put the baby down. The minute you hear that sleep start, you never know how long it's gonna go. Right then, (laughs) all right? Strike while it's hot, start praying. In your dating relationships, Hold the hand of your significant other and seriously, speak identity. Pray for them. All right, I'm going too long on this one, but do that. I I really think invite the Holy Spirit and then discernment. Is there anything you want me to hear, say, or do on behalf of this person that I care about? The Holy Spirit will help you. I don't think it's the Holy Spirit's number one goal to tell you, is this my husband or not? Is this my wife or not? Half the time, that's the only thing we want God for in our relationships. Hey, is this the one? I need to know. Is this my soulmate? He's like, I don't even think in those terms. Quit asking me that. That's me responding. That's not God. Um, God wants to do so much for your relationship than just tell you, is this the one for you? He may have more for you than that, believe it or not. And so anyway, all right. This is number five, I think. Yeah. Family, friendships. So when I say family, I'm talking about kids, just the whole nine yards, in-laws, all of them. But your family, your parents, your aunt, your uncle, whatever, whoever you spend time with is your family. And friendships, I'm talking about your friendships. You guys got that one unlocked. So thinking about your family or your friendships, either one, who you spend a ton of time with, is God present in those relationships? And I'm gonna stop repeating myself. I included this thing at the bottom so you always know the four steps. So I'll actually just be quiet for like a minute. Think through these. Picture you with your friends. What do you guys spend your time doing? Where are you? How do you hang? What's going down? How often do you acknowledge his presence? Do you actively welcome him into your friendships? Do you thank him? for who you're hanging with? Are you listening to him when you're with your people? If I wanted to, I could go on a very long tangent about what happens when a friend group recognizes the Holy Spirit lives in them. Bonkers. What you're looking for in house church is is available in your friend group right now. promise you. That's like my testimony is when me and my friends recognized, hey, you know you can pray together, right? And they don't even gotta be at, on Wednesday at seven. It's crazy. There is no rules. When I started realizing there was no rules about the Holy Spirit's work in my friend group, my friend group took off. A lot of the fruit of that is in this church right now. And so I would just encourage you, be aware, the Holy Spirit, ready to rock your world and your friendships. And it's so freaking fun. Same with your families, your kids. Told you I was going to be quiet. All right, last one. Work. 
This includes, hey, if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, if you're part-time, full-time, virtual, if you're in an office, if you're a barista, nurse, doctor, construction, whatever, whatever you do, if you're Ubering people around for a living, Broadway on Friday nights at 2 a.m., <laughs> God bless you. You're the real hero. Um, picture your place of work. This is the last one, so if you're getting sleepy, wake back up, come back to me, and picture yourself at work. <laughs> wake up and then picture yourself working. <laughs> Energy. But seriously, picture yourself at work. God, you're there. Oh, at my boring desk. Ugh, disgusting. But God, you are there. And not only are you there, you're welcome there. Help my little desk and swivel chair be a place where I know your spirit's present. Help me realize my stupid coworker is not my stupid coworker. Not only are you there, but you're welcome. And I'm thankful. Sorry, God, I've been so busy complaining about my $11 an hour. Hey, thanks for a paycheck. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> I'm not entitled, right? Thanks. God, in my, in my workspace, is there anything that you want to say? Like, I wanna hear you. Is there anything you want me to say to someone else? Anything you want me to do? Is there a simple way that I can be a place that like brings grace and light? Like it is, guys, it is far easier to gossip and to bring negativity to a work culture than to bring a spirit of love and peace and joy and kindness. Over the long haul, a pattern of encouragement and peace, compassion, compliments to your coworkers makes such a difference. When you think about being a gospel influence, I think you can get so nervous about evangelizing or finding the perfect way to talk about Jesus. If you will be a person of peace and just reek of the kindness of Jesus for the next year, watch how many people want to be your friend. I really believe that. I think watch how many people, watch how many people want to confide in you. There's more for you at your workspace than just getting to the end. Maybe don't check your phone as much. Maybe don't check for the end of your shift as often. Maybe even make the discipline of just being at work. God may want something for you there. He might even lift the burden of work. I don't know though. Don't write that down. That may not happen. Work may stink. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I love my job for the record. Um, if, anyone was quite, if anyone was thinking like, wow, he really doesn't like work, but isn't his job to be right here? Uh, <laughs> all right. So moving forward, um, two words that I always like to keep in mind, just prayer and, and practical. So what I would encourage is maybe sometime this week and maybe sometime regularly like praying and getting strategic. So not just praying like, you know, Lord help me, like definitely Lord help me, but like praying with a pen and paper ready to go. Hey God, I, I'm gonna be talking to you, but I, I'm gonna start thinking about how I can welcome your presence into this space in whatever way I can remember. Today for me, it was writing on my hand because I, I don't have sticky notes with me. If I had sticky notes, I'd put the sticky note on my steering wheel. That'd be the first thing because I'm gonna get in my car next and I can't remember anything. So, and then I'm like, why is a sticky note here? Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, putting this on my head until I get home. And when I look in the mirror, I'll see it there. Oh, that's right. Pray in your bathroom. I did it, <laughs> you know? Like, it's really hard for me to remember stuff. And so pray with God. 
about these spaces. Think about them. Ask God to help you see this through. Get strategic. Get practical. Really think about the physical things you can do to your environment to help you remember these truths, like just to welcome in the presence of God. So we're going to take communion. And I've given you some time to think, but communion, you're going to have five minutes, literal five. And um, I think, do we have communion under the chairs? Every other chair has a bowl of communion, a big old bowl of communion. Um, So uh, if you're in the second, fourth, sixth row, you should have communion under your seat. You can take a little rip and sip cup and pass the bowl down. Um, And if you don't know this, communion communion reminds us that that Jesus has done 1,000% of the work. That Jesus has done everything it took to establish perfect connection between us and the Father. He gives the bread in the cup and goes, take this bread, remember my body. Remember that God took on flesh. My body was broken for you. Take the cup, drink the juice. Remember the blood that was shed so that you would never have to doubt my love for you and that you would always know I have taken the responsibility for the sins of the world and now my perfection is yours to claim. It's yours to lay hold of. So as you take communion and with this in mind, remember Forever, for those that have given their life to Jesus, the righteousness of the perfect Christ is wrapped around you like a little Snuggie. You guys remember what Snuggies are? Are those still a thing? They're like a blanket that you wear and there's like sleeves in them. They're awesome. The righteousness of Christ is wrapped around you so tight and nothing you can do can change that matter. So as you take communion, I'm gonna invite you to start thinking about what's one or two categories that brought creativity and eagerness? What's one or two spaces that you thought of that you naturally just went, I could I actually kind of want to do something here? Pay attention to those, but know that as you get practical, the righteousness of Christ is not what you're after. That's yours. That lays on your soul until you die and see the Father face to face, and perfection is yours forever, okay? So this is just a girl in relationship with God. So I invite you to pray, talk honestly with God, get strategical, pen and paper, whatever you need. So take communion, think about this conversation. We're gonna play some meditative music and uh, then we'll worship in about five minutes. I love you.